0: Hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Shit plug for the week is Maya's Cookies. Maya's Cookies are based out of San Diego and they are vegan cookies. Now, personally, I'm not a sweets person, so I've actually never had the cookies. However, my friend Atesia, who was on our Black Lives Matter episode, um, and she so graciously used her voice to help with activism for um, waking up uh, our friends to be woke for equality right now, I gave her a sampler box as a thank you. Now, Maya's Cookies is a Black owned business. It's also a vegan business um, with incredible vegan cookies. Uh, has said that every single sampler cookie she had was phenomenal. They were chewy and they're just amazing, Um, but because she is a Black-owned business and there's a huge push right now to support our small, local Black businesses, um, even though she does ship nationwide, you're going to have to wait a little bit to get the cookies, but I think that they're well worth the wait, and Maya's awesome, so yeah, I'm going to include all the information, as always, in the description and continue to support local, shop small, and shop your Black community and their businesses, because that is how we're going to continue to make change, even if we cannot protest. My guest this week is Health Hero Polang. She also owns a wellness business called Olive Wellness. So let's just hop on into it.
1: It going. Good. How are you doing? Oh, you know, all things considering, I'm I'm just hanging in there. What about you? Same thing, just trying to, you know, help out and get along as every day. Everything's always changing every day now. So I know,
0: it's crazy. <laughs> so to my guests that are listening, the voice on the other end, you are listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome, and today I have my lovely health professional friend, Poe Lang, on the podcast. So Poe, would you like to walk people through your uh, elevator pitch,
1: kind of who you are, what you do, et cetera? Sure. So my name is Poe. I am a registered nurse, and I'm the founder of Olive Wellness. We are a holistic healthcare and coaching practice. We take a 360 approach to guide our clients to reach a vibrant life with optimal health, We also specialize in helping patients that manage their diabetes, leaky gut, and PCOS.
0: Awesome! And so Poe and I actually like there's kind of a theme of people I'm interviewing. Um, She and I met through Bumble BFF, but she and I actually just kind of followed each other for a year before we met, and then uh, it was Christmas. You and your husband were about to go on your honeymoon. Like I think you were leaving like two days yeah. later or something. <laughs> and my husband and I every year host an orphan Christmas where, because we're not necessarily usually close by with our family or close with our family. And um, Christmas day has always been our tradition to do an orphan Christmas. We always have people over. So Poe and her husband, Matt, ended up coming and it was super, it was super fun. And we played Guards Against Humanity and ate a bunch of cheese and it was, it was so a cool, cool night.
1: It was so fun and also funny because when you said Orphan Christmas to me, I thought that we were gonna bring toys, like do a toys for tots. <laughs> and there were gonna be like orphans at your house, and we were gonna like help them and play with them and give them gifts. So I was like, So, asking, so, I so she was on
0: board for that. But then like she comes in and there's like four boxes of like wine, just like oh, at the ready.
1: <laughs> and then you're like, no, just bring like alcohol. And I was like, alcohol and food. I was like, okay, maybe these orphans like want to eat and then we're going to drink. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so funny. I you, like now that she's like come to like one of my parties. I love hosting things. And my husband and I, the two things we love doing like the most is like hosting people, obviously with the quarantine and all of that, like this will probably change, but we always do a Friendsgiving and then an orphan Christmas. So, and we typically, we do a new year's party, but we didn't this year. I just couldn't get enough interest. I mean, people were like, "Oh, living grub is so far away." It's like, I know it's not. It's like a fifteen dollars Uber ride anywhere. And I mean, it, I mean, but I get it. So whatever.
1: Yeah, I get it. It's just hard sometimes with people's schedule as well around the holidays.
0: Yeah, we'll probably be zooming all yeah. of our holidays from now on. Yeah.
1: It's funny because my friend actually she's doing a birthday party, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, are you doing it on Zoom?" And she's like, "Yeah." I was like, "What are you gonna do though?" And she's like. We're all going to bake the same cake at the same time. Oh. And And I was like, oh gosh, I would suck because I suck at baking. I can't bake. I would just like buy a cake and like mix the flour and like pretend the cake came out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I can't bake. Scott left a starter to make bread and I... I just read the recipe wrong. Cause I'm more of like a pinch of this, a dash of that person. I can't like baking is too scientific for me and I'm, I never get the ratio right. Plus I lived at high elevation for a really long time. So I just kind of never got in the habit of baking because everything would turn out like crap. So, so I'm just not great at it, but I mean, I can cook, I can follow a recipe. I'm very good at following recipes, but for some reason I just can't bake.
1: You know, I think baking is something I'm going to try to tackle because I have a lot of clients who love to snack and it's always like unhealthy, like cookies and mm-hmm. chips and stuff like that. So I think I'm starting to venture into baking, but I suck at it. I literally thought that coconut flour was a direct substitute for regular flour. Oh, so it I isn't? I didn't make- know that. <laughs> <laughs> so then I just use like my regular flour recipe that I always do from my friend who's like, a wedding cake baker and I was like why is my dough coming apart and I like I researched it and they're like actually coconut flour requires way more water than regular flour so I had this like huge dough that just kept like coming apart and I was like how am I gonna make pizza with this I can't roll it every time I roll it it comes into pizza (laughs) and then now I found out so now I know I have to google coconut flour recipes specifically. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes this week. That's great. So um,
0: right before all of this quarantine and the shutdown um, happened, uh, Poe and I actually got together um, and we kind of were like, we put our heads together on kind of San Diego and and women and networking and being a business owner because she had recently launched her business and, um, that is actually kind of where my wheels started turning about starting this podcast. So I credit a lot of it to our conversation, um, that we had and Aww. then, you know, getting laid off was my catalyst to starting it, but I always had the, the want to interview you. So I'm really excited that you actually found time in your very busy schedule to chat with me today.
1: Oh, it's awesome. I love it. I love what you're doing. I love that you're creating this platform and you're so driven and it's definitely a much needed platform because i feel so lost when i started my business. And right. I still feel lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and i mean like for me it's like i just kind of threw myself into this and i was like, well, you know, people seem to like it so i'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um but but the idea of imposter syndrome, that wasn't fully baked um when we talked about it, but then it kind of came to me in an aha moment where i was like, man, every day i was like thinking like they're going to come in my office and tell me like, "Oh, oh you can't be here anymore. We figured it out. You actually don't have any marketing knowledge. Um, But that's not the case at all. And something that I'm trying to work on is imposter syndrome. But in these conversations, I'm finding that so many people feel this way. Um, And so it's really awesome to tell the story. And your story, I think, is really amazing, too, because of the health and holistic stuff. So let's move into it. Um, Do you feel like you fit in? Do you suffer from imposter syndrome? In what ways? And then what does imposter syndrome mean to you?
1: Oh gosh, I feel like I suffer from imposter syndrome every day. So a big yes to that. <laughs> Especially when I first started. I mean, I've been in healthcare and a nurse for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've been helping patients, educating patients, going in surgery, recovering patients, and I just felt like I was doing it all the time, what I'm doing now, but on a bigger scale now and with my own company. But when I first started, I was so scared. I like didn't want to start it. And my husband really pushed me. So I give him credit to that because I would just talk about it all the time. I would like educate and do it for free all the time on like my free time. And he's like, why don't you just make your own company? And I was like, what? I can't do that. He's like, what do you mean you can't do that? Yes, you can. And I was like, no. And it's funny thing because backstory, I actually have a dog food company. He's like, you started that. So why can't you start your own? And you don't even need to make a product. Like you are the product. And I was just so scared and I wasn't sure. And I just, I think I was just so insecure as well. I didn't have the confidence. I was so used to having like a big corporate name behind me, like a big health system behind me. But with that, it also came with so many restrictions and handcuffs on what I could do and follow up with patient-wise. Mm-hmm. And as I started to think about it more, I got really excited to actuate my dreams of helping people holistically because growing up, I had so many cancer scares. I had a cancer scare on my neck. I had cancer scares in my breasts. And like I have family members that have cancer. And I was like, you know what? People really need this education and they really need this help. But I was also so afraid of failing. And I was afraid people wouldn't listen to me. I was afraid they would just call me like that stupid nurse that just left the hospital. She has nothing better to do. I was afraid people wouldn't believe in me. And what I lacked wasn't knowledge or skill, it was just the confidence because I just wasn't. I felt like growing up, I wasn't really put in an environment. I felt like growing up in high school, girls were so competitive Mm -hmm. and it was always like I'm prettier than you I have bigger boobs than you and it was always like that and I was always like no 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 I I'm I'm the least (laughs) I'm the smallest I not the best like I don't care like I just want to be left out of the drama and the competition (laughs) and I felt like that was where my lack of confidence came from and once I realized I had like value to give to people and I'm so passionate when I give it to people that's when I started building like little wins and like. confidence started coming up and imposter syndrome is so real and it's every day I feel like it and it had a lot to do with my self-worth and what I thought about myself and not realizing my self-worth like what exactly it was because I never had to I could always be like hey I'm a nurse where do you work I work at this huge health system that has commercials on tv and everyone knows the name and everyone's proud of the name and my confidence came from working for an institution like that. But when it came to just working for myself, I was like, I don't even know where to start because I didn't have to give myself confidence. So now I'm starting to realize like my self worth comes really from myself and I've learned to build it like slowly every day. And it's nice to see things come to fruition. And I think one like, over a year ago, and like I had my first clients. I was like, oh my God, people like to listen to me. And then when to see like their success. I was like, oh my God, it's working. Yeah. (laughs) That was like really, really good. I think that gave me like a huge push forward to keep doing what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's great. And I'm just going to pay you a compliment. So actually, um, I helped produce a podcast at my previous position with lawyers title, San Diego. And, um, we did one about wellness and, uh, I, you reached out to me cause I was looking for healthcare professionals, um, more on the wellness and holistic side. And I didn't even know at this point that you had actually launched a business or were in the process of launching a business. I didn't know that. Or if I, you told me it, it was Christmas, we had wine, whatever. So, um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I took a leap of faith on having you and you did excellent. Um, and I think it was one of the best ones that I ever produced. Of course, no one ever really saw the podcast. And a lot of it was because I, you know, I was being pulled in a thousand different directions. My videographer was being pulled in a thousand different directions. My boss was being pulled in a million different directions. Knowing now how to promote my own podcast, I would have done things a lot differently, of course, but I didn't know. I mean, I was learning as I went, but it was a really great and insightful conversation. I mean, I learned a lot from you in just that time sitting and watching and helping, so um the the, the confidence thing is mind blowing to me because I feel like outwardly you do project a lot of confidence so 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 but then again, like what we're always comparing ourselves to each other like as women and this yeah. this, that, and the other that it's interesting um, sorry, Murphy, can you stop? My dog <laughs> insists on drinking water whenever I'm recording. I swear.
1: He's like, I'm thirsty. He's not
0: barking if he's not drinking water. Anyway, dude,
1: go lay down. My dog does the same thing. He's <laughs> he's see, I dad. think
0: they're nervous. They're like, Why are you talking to no one?
1: <laughs> I know. What's going on? Are you okay? Are you having hallucinations? We need help. But I, I liked I liked your
0: kind of coming to fruition, so to speak, you know, like the coming into your confidence I think that's really insightful and I think that's awesome and I mean I'm excited to see where your company is going to go because I think it's a really great idea so
1: yeah yeah oh crazy I just feel like I definitely am an introvert and I a lot of people like don't think that when they like meet me and like talk to me but I like enjoy really specific conversations I think like really mm-hmm. meaningful conversations like I'm very very bad at like going to an event mm-hmm. and then trying to talk to strangers <laughs> uh, even though like I went to an event in LA it was like a well website event for all the holistic practitioners and we we're just there to like not network just like mingle and like hang out and like meet each other in person because like we're all in the healthcare space Mm -hmm. and we had like yoga classes sound baths and I was just like so shy to talk to people that I actually have talked to online because I just felt like oh no like what if like my yoga pants are not like nice enough or like (laughs) I don't know like my outfit's not nice or like what if I get judged like I just felt so insecure and looking back now, I just felt so silly. I should have just like indulged and just like chilled out a little bit. But it does get to me because yeah. especially like comparing each other, mm-hmm. like I was talking to like CEOs of like OCM Malibu and the Balanced Blonde who have all this like big following. And I just felt like, well, my following is not as big. I have a smaller company. Maybe I'm not as good. Maybe I'm not worthy to talk to these people. Like what are they gonna think of me? But it was totally like not the case at all, and they were also sweet and opening and inviting. But it was just me. Like I needed to work on myself. And I think it's just a progress every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, and like uh, um, it's interesting you say introvert because I wouldn't have guessed that. But then again, uh, as an extrovert as an extrovert and a Gemini, um, I couldn't be more loud out there and in your face. Um, but and hearing what you were saying, it reminded me that like, I haven't been 100% myself in the past at times. And I think if I had just been myself, if I had just been my true self and like not worried about the repercussions of being who I am, like, I'm, I'm, I'm loud. I make jokes. Um, I, and I, I, I love interacting with people. Um, I, I'm usually the person that you, I'm usually a person people remember. Unfortunately, I don't remember a lot of people. I always remember a face, but I'm terrible with names.
1: Um, as well. It's okay.
0: (laughs) But but I think it's really cool that you're kind of coming into your own and you're just owning that. And I think that that's, you know, really good advice for anyone that's listening that's like, they're struggling with that or they feel like maybe, maybe like, you know, they shouldn't be themselves or they, sh- or they, or they feel like they need to be subdued in a situation. I think it's great advice to say, no, like you just got to like own it.
1: Yeah. Just got to be yourself. Cause- you are the best version of yourself always no one else can be you so there's no point in trying to be something else and it's just like in the moment it's so hard to do because you're like oh no like is my hair nice like Mm -hmm. it's my teeth like is my lipstick smudge and it's just like so many insecurities but if you just go talk and have a meaningful conversation with someone it doesn't matter yeah it really doesn't matter at the end of the day
0: so I guess um on that vein um because it's success and feeling successful and and imposter syndrome. They're so closely aligned. Um, What does success look like to you? And do you feel successful?
1: I think success is progress. Mm -hmm. I used to have a different picture of success and like all these, I need to be making like six figures every year. And I'm happy with my like daily, I mean, bi-weekly paycheck coming in. And I, I just felt so trapped in that life and i wanted to do something more i wanted to impact more people and it's really about progress and everything always changes like look at COVID; it's changing the world but every day your life changes as well and your goals of being successful might be different two years ago than what it is today especially like a lot of people have lost their jobs a lot of people are moving everything virtual and it's just about progress that is like really the main core of success is about progress and it's not about perfection because i used to be so obsessed with perfection like i've started so many blogs i've lost count over like the past like since high school i've tried to start blogs and i wouldn't post something because i was like i need to reread this i need to reread this make sure it's grammatically correct there's no spelling errors and I wouldn't publish it. And because of that, I wouldn't have any posts. And it's like, if you want to blog, you need to post things out, at least on a weekly basis. And I would think like, I had no confidence. I was like, people are going to think I'm dumb. People are not going to want to read this. And I would just spend hours and hours rereading, re-editing, and I was preventing my own progress. Mm -hmm. And then now I have, like, now that I have all of bonus. I have so many blog posts. I have so many drafts that like I can't even, it's like every day I can come up with something, but I don't want to overflood people with content. And now I'm just thinking in the mindset, like I just need to push it for I need to press publish. If there's a spelling error, I can always fix it later. People are not going to think I'm dumb. And if they think I'm dumb, then my blog is not for them. And they'll move on to another blog that's more suited that will help them. And spelling errors, Don't like really make a difference in the grand scheme of things. People can figure out if I spell coconut wrong without like a U. They're gonna know it's coconut, so it doesn't really matter. And it's just really about like sticking to your dreams despite the up and downs. Like I always see like the meme of like the entrepreneur like roller coaster. Mm -hmm. Like I have days where I feel like I'm on top of the world. Like I have five new clients. They're all like having great progress. And then some days I just want to cry. And eat like my jalapeno chips. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much and they make me happy, but they're in really bad oil, but really bad thing to eat, but that's my guilty pleasure. But it's all part of the journey. And as long as you stick with the journey and you persevere, you will succeed because it's your passion. And when it's your passion, you're just gonna keep pushing forward. And as long as I make progress every day, then I feel successful that day. And that's all that matters. Yeah. And that's
0: really awesome. And it kind of reminds me, so I actually, um, I'm, I started my own business and I did freelancing for myself and I realized very quickly, like I, I should have probably came to the idea of this podcast a lot sooner. Cause I think it would have helped me a lot more. Um, I probably <laughs> would have taken my own advice, but I couldn't find people that wanted to pay me. I just like, I, I would give them my price, which was a very fair price. And they'd go, mm, there was a lot of wanting to work for free and marketing. There's a lot of people expecting, you know, work for free. And, and I was so afraid of not contributing my husband my, I mean, and sitting on my husband's paycheck and, you know, basically not working or contributing as what I felt was contribution, which was having a paycheck when my husband, he doesn't he doesn't count things in monetary it's like did you cook me a meal or did you clean the house or did you do the laundry or did you go to the grocery store while i was at work like those are contributions and i and i was so stuck in this mindset of of okay like i'm it was denver and i was having a hard time finding work and i was ha- i was feeling undervalued underpaid all these things that it actually was the crux of my business and so i had the business for a year no not not a single person paid me I ended up working full time for a winery. Um, and that, they, cause they, they hired me for marketing. They actually paid me on their payroll. So, so, that, so I did have one client, right. Yeah. One true client. And then, you know, I, I did a, like, I did all of their marketing for like six, seven, eight months before I moved and God, it, it broke my heart cause they were like family, Aww. you know, to leave. But Um, They're really great. They're amazing. They are Deep Roots Winery in Denver, um, and they are currently dealing with the COVID as we all are. They are hoping to open a second location in River North District, Rhino in Denver. So to all my Denver listeners, please, if you have a chance, make sure that you support small business. Please support Deep Roots Winery.
1: Um, I want to go so. there now. I actually want it to go to Denver. That's on my list. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell travel you. Like, plan. I'm like, oh, I can't go anywhere. Yeah. I'll tell you everywhere <laughs> to go. Um,
0: Denver, obviously, you know, being from there. I'm not from there, from there, but living there for um, all of my twenties. Like there was only eight months that I didn't live in Denver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I so
0: eight months oh, yeah. out of you know, I turned 21 and then I moved, like I turned 21, I graduated college and then I moved to Denver shortly after. Um, and yeah, I mean, Denver, it's a beautiful city. It's its a tough city to make it, but, um, but if you have a profession, like you're in healthcare, okay, like, so if you're in healthcare, they have the Anschutz campus, they have the University of Colorado, which I'm very thankful for, you know, I've got a family member dealing with some health stuff right now and like, thank goodness for them. Um, And, you know, there's other health systems too um, within there. But then there's also, I mean, there was for a while, oil was pretty prevalent in Colorado um, and uh, renewable energy, like wind and stuff and engineering and that kind of stuff. So, but, but if you're marketing, eh, That's hard. Yeah. yeah, No, Like uh, people will, people will outbid you on jobs. They'll have 10 years of experience because they want to live in Denver. They're willing to take the 30 K. They won't ask questions. And it just didn't feel sustainable to me. So I, I don't know. Denver was, Denver was a tough market, but I, I, if I could go back in time and give myself any advice, right, it would be just stick to your guns. Like if someone doesn't want to pay you, then, then they're not the client, right? They're not the client for you.
1: Exactly. You have to know your clients and then if it's not the client for you, then they won't pay for your services. But that's also probably not a client that you want anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I think that was also because when I first started my business, I would get a lot of people who would just ask me questions. And since I'm so passionate about health, I'm like so happy to talk about health with everyone and like how to help them. But it becomes like a time like, oh, you know, I left my six figure job and I still need to have a living. And there's no shame in it. And there's no feeling bad about it because people pay for things all the time people, you know, pay for food, people pay for services. And I felt like bad because I was always used to like being in a clinical setting where I'm like, patients really need my help. And I don't even think twice about it. There's no monetary exchange. I just help. And I felt, and I found myself helping people for free, even though like, I wasn't like consciously helping them for free. Mm -hmm. I was just like giving them all these like advice and you know, all these things to change, and their diet, and their exercise, and herbs, and then I realized I was just doing my job for free, right. my company, I was giving everything away for free, and I was like, I can't do it, because I need to be a sustainable company, because it's not to be greedy, but in order for me to help more people, I need to be sustainable, and profitable, so that I can keep going, and, right. It was really like a turn in like my brain to think that way, because I always felt like I should just help everyone. And yes, I want to help everyone. But with paying clients, I can help more people and then I can then use the money to donate more services to like kids in need, which is ultimately what I'm trying to work on with Olive Wellness is like a give back program.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I don't know. You just continually, and I, I admire you. You continually inspire me, but I think it's really awesome what you're doing. And like, I think there's a complete need for it. Um, and especially like your approach and how you've been helping people. I think it's really quite fantastic. Um, so we've touched on the imposter syndrome. We've touched on, you know, the feeling of success and that kind of stuff. So let's move on to the fun. I think it always is more fun to do what you know our our, what we're fanatical about so uh one thing that i'm fanatical about is uh i don't know right now uh i guess guy fieri
1: yeah guy fieri i
0: haven't talked about him in a while okay so guy fieri uh my friend sarah who actually will will be a podcast guest depending on when this is released either before you or after you um she sent me a signed guy fieri uh apron Mm -hmm. as a housewarming gift so that sits with my signed guy fieri frying pan which was a wedding gift from my friend ian um he's a meme of a man
1: but i have a bone to pick with him okay so i started wait he's a diners dash that show guy yes yes a restaurant in times square he did have one for a while it did it did shut down because i remember like i passed by it i was like oh guy fieri is a restaurant now wow (laughs)
0: So, uh, my bone to pick with him is that I started Flavortown Island the day that Animal Crossing came out. I created Guy Fieri as the character. My husband then took the (laughs) switch onto the ship. So he's been building this island and Guy Fieri gave credit to someone else. I'm
1: like, nah, dude, like I made that first. (laughs) Oh, so he saw your character.
0: I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how Animal Crossing works. I played it for like one night and my husband, who's obsessed with video games, just basically made it his thing and then proceeded to just use it without me. So
1: but he's using Guy Fieri that you created.
0: No, he posted a photo of someone else who did like a Flavortown Island with a Guy Fieri. And it's like, yeah, but like I did that first. You know? oh,
1: the person did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: So I'm saying I'm the original. I mean, like our Wi-Fi router is Wi-Fi Yeti. Like, um, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's a meme of a man. I, I, I really appreciate him. I, I, I think it's hilarious. And the, I have actually not told this story on my podcast, so uh, I will tell the story. But I actually auditioned for Guy's Big Project three years ago, and I actually got cast onto it. Um oh, cool. Yeah, so I went to I. My husband and I had been day drinking. I slammed a couple of slices of pizza. He shot it on his camera. We submitted it after drinking a bottle of wine the following night. Got a phone call less than twenty four hours later. I had to turn it down. I actually actually ended up taking a different job because I was in between jobs at the point. And um, I always wonder what if. But I also yeah. was the unhealthiest I've ever been in my life. I, you know, met the love of my life. Gained a lot of weight, like as you do. We all yeah. <laughs> and um, wasn't taking care of myself, wasn't exercising, wasn't eating right, uh, was, you know, I used to drink a lot more than I do now. And um, it wasn't, I just wasn't healthy. And had I gotten on that show and had I taken that show, I mean, I, I would have just been, you know, to me, just like this heavy person on TV, you know? And that's not really what I wanted to portray. So like, that was a reason why I kind of turned it down but looking back on it, it's like I should have just done it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know there's so many things in life that we're like, "Oh, what if?" Is not like regrets, but you just kind of mm-hmm. like wonder, like, "What if I did that instead? Mm-hmm. What would happen?" But yeah, yeah, and I mean, like,
0: so I've always had a slow metabolism. Like, I, I, I actually I was gonna get my thyroid tested recently, but I ended up getting too busy, and then ended up getting laid off, and then coronavirus happened, so. I actually never got a chance to go get that test fulfilled. So I'll have to do it at some point, but, um, I've always had a slow metabolism and, uh, that's why I use the Peloton because I have to, like, I have to, Uh, otherwise I will just be like, but I've, I've, I've had to learn to accept that my body is never going to be a zero. And it was only ever a zero because I
1: starved myself to that weight exactly and you don't need to be a zero I don't know I don't know how somehow society has managed to put that in our head because I also felt like I needed to be a zero and if I wasn't I would be like oh my god I remember I have like a friend that's like super skinny since like kindergarten Mm -hmm. and she was like a double zero and I was like how do you become double zero that's even better than zero right yeah I was so obsessed with it and then as like I got older like my body just isn't a zero and it wasn't made to be a zero like genetically my body was not like you're gonna be a zero when you're an adult you'd be a zero when you're like 12 and then when you're an adult you're gonna be like eight or something right um, but i was just so like driven by the numbers i would starve myself i mm-hmm. would try to go up after dinner i would like not eat and then feel like really crap and like binge eat and eat like loads of like stupid food that I would never eat nowadays but I constantly felt like I wasn't good enough because I wasn't a zero or even like a two I was like oh I'll try to be a two and I just couldn't and then now it's just like you know what whatever fits well and also like the sizing in different yeah. brands is so different and it'll make you feel so fat if you go to a brand that's mm-hmm. just run small and I'm like why did they do that to mess with our heads yeah just why oh yeah so
0: um <laughs> A practice I've been doing, and we will get to what you're fanatical about because I love what you said, but um, (laughs) a practice I've been doing is I finally got rid of everything that doesn't fit me, right? And And I no longer keep goal items in my closet. And that has been such a mental breakthrough for me of buying things because I want to buy them and knowing roughly what my sizes are and actually fitting in things and not keeping things that I don't, either don't fit in anymore, or I bought because they were too big and I bought it on clearance and I can't return it to mod cloth or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So so I'm, I'm a lot more intentional about my purchases um, which, and, and my clothing and how I clothe myself, which has actually done a lot for my self-confidence. Um, and so I highly suggest that if anyone is like feeling like, oh my body and blah, get rid of the gold jeans, dude. Just get rid of them. <laughs>
1: Yeah. We don't get, need get that. Rid of it. You don't need that. <laughs> stare at us. Just Marie Kondo it. <laughs> it <laughs> brings bring me zero joy. joy. <laughs> I know. I hate things that don't bring me joy. And I actually started like a minimalist wardrobe with just like some, like summer dresses I wear here and there, but I try to keep it minimal because I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That gold shirt probably never going to wear it. Probably wore it once to like a gold theme party and never going to wear it again. Yep, and it really sucks because I feel like I wasted money on it. It's stuck there. It's staring at me. And I probably won't fit in in a year, so it's gonna go. <laughs> it's it's,
0: it's got to go.
1: <laughs> okay, so we'll go back to the the question at hand because we go, just got wildly off
0: on topic. But um Italian. Oh yeah, I'm not even gonna say that. I almost said what you were gonna say. Okay,
1: let, I'll let just you go. Italians in general. <laughs> just Italians. I'm fanatical about Italians. No, I'm fanatical about Italian greyhounds.
0: <laughs> So Poe has the world's cutest (laughs) Italian greyhound.
1: Um, His name is Max. I know. His name is, like, his full name is, like, Maximus Decimus Aurelius Lang, like the gladiator. (laughs) And I I love all dogs, and I've grown up with, like, German Shepherds, Dalmatians, Pomeranians, like, mixed hounds, like, all sorts of dogs. And I love them all. But now that I have an Italian greyhound, I think I want to get, like, 100 of them great dogs oh yes they're so amazing and they're so unique and they're like the sweetest they just want to love you like all dogs love you unconditionally but the way that italian greyhounds love you it's like you're like top of the world like you can do no wrong like he'll literally yeah. sleep on like my neck and he'll cut my armpit or like yeah. i'll hold him and he'll fall asleep in my arms <laughs> and, and he just like Loves me. Like, I'll go out there throw garbage, and I come back, and he's, like, so happy to see me. Like, he didn't see me in, like, 50 years. That's so funny. <laughs> so hilarious. And we actually got him after, like, we went for sushi, and we... <laughs> I tricked... I've, like, been wanting to get a dog for with my now husband, then boyfriend, for a long time. And I applied to, like, foster. I applied to adopt. And you know, we didn't find, we lived in New York at the time, so we needed a small dog, and there wasn't really any options to adopt a small dog in New York, Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, let's just go to this, like, really, like, renowned pet shop, who, like, they have the breeders information, you can talk to the breeders about them, and I, like, never buy dogs from pet shops, oh, one time I did, because this is off topic, but I had, I have a Brussels Griffon and Shih Tzu mix named Mocha, Mm -hmm. And I bought her from a pet shop in Brooklyn because I knew that she was really ugly. Because, you know, Brussels Girlfriend, they have that, um it's like the- as good Underbite, as, yeah. They have that underbite, they have that, like, long beard, and she was a girl, and I knew no one was going to buy her because she was a mixed dog, a mutt, and she was at the bottom shelf, and this was, like, right before Christmas. This was, like, in college when I was a bartender. <laughs> and- <laughs> I went in there just to like look at dogs, right? Not to buy one. And then I saw her and I felt like all the families were buying Christmas presents for their kids, like, you know, the doodle mix, like the cockapoo, like all like the, you know, brand name dogs. And this poor little like four pound dog had a mustache, and underbite, and no one wanted to play with it. So I was like, should I get it? And then they they were like trying to upsell me they're like yeah she's a thousand dollars like she's a brussels griffon and she, she mix." and i'm like wait a thousand dollars i don't have a thousand dollars and then they're like okay yeah five hundred dollars i'm like wow that price went down and i was like <laughs> i'm not sure because i live with my parents in college and i wasn't sure because we like my old dog passed away and it was very tragic and we were very devastated from it. So i didn't know if my mom and dad were ready for a dog so i went home and i like thought about her the whole night and then I went back and I got her, and they put her in a box with a bow, and Aww. I brought her home. And my mom literally kicked me out of the house. She was like, "Take that back! We cannot have a dog." But I ended up winning her over, and then I had the dog in my ha- like my room only because she was so small for like a month, and my dad didn't know. And then a few months later, my dad was like, "You know, you guys can stop hiding that dog now." <laughs>
0: <laughs> so is that is that dog now like living with your parents or?
1: Yeah. Oh, um, the dog. So she loves it now.
0: I love that your mom was like, "Get out of my house. Oh, also I love this dog." <laughs> I, know.
1: I was like, "Oh my god, like me and my dog going to live in my car." In the streets, maybe just on campus. Somewhere. Oh, that's so cute, though. I you'll have to send me a picture. Oh, yeah, I do. She, she sounds
0: she sounds like a like a little gremlin.
1: She does, she's like gizmo. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, that was Max literally just like came next to me and sat next to me because he's like, I heard you talking about mocha. Like, another mother, and now he's just looking at me like, yeah, Where's, mocha? Me. Where's mocha? I was thinking, Where's mocha? Yeah. Like, so yeah. I actually
0: had a, I had a friend, uh, a coworker that I used to work with and she, um, she's only ever had Italian greyhounds and I wanted an Italian greyhound. I really, really did. I wanted one so badly. And then I adopted Murphy.
1: <laughs> another one, get an Italian greyhound and Murphy together.
0: I know. Well, Murphy doesn't like other dogs, but.
1: Oh no. Yeah. I was so like, he's... you could put Murphy and name the Italian greyhound Law.
0: that's funny so what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why
1: I wasn't really sure about this one because I feel like I have so many unpopular opinions but then when I get put on the spot I think of one I can't think of one i was like I didn't so everyone's been obsessed with Tiger King but I really didn't enjoy it as much as everyone else did like I thought it was very interesting And how he had, like, a zoo, and, like, he had a lot of misfits that he helped give jobs to, and it was very interesting, and then the whole, like, mystery of, the like, Carol Baskin kill her husband, Mm
0: -hmm. like,
1: that was interesting, but then it got, like, really weird, and it went, like, downhill for me from there, because I was expecting it to be, like, a murder investigation, and that he was going to, like, somehow kill Carol Baskin, or... Carol Baskin was gonna like turn around and help him get his zoo back from that Jeff guy, and it it didn't happen. It got weird. He ran for office, and I fell asleep at some point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean I thought it was I, I, it was good. I liked it enough, but I think people like going crazy with all the memes and all of that. Like, so I've got um my husband's family, uh his his mom's family lives in Oklahoma, and uh, some of his mom's nieces. Are like friends with me on Facebook. I think one of them sending me a Carol Baskin shirt. Oh wow! Or I don't know. I mean, th- but they're from Oklahoma. Like they've like my I guess like one of them like had had direct contact with him or something. So wow! But even so, like I, I like it's like okay, it's been a couple weeks. Like if you haven't seen it yet. And you haven't like had the week to like go through the memes. Like it's not funny anymore. It's not cute anymore.
1: Like like let's move on. Like I know. I was to like, other something
0: else. Yeah.
1: How did it get to number one? I don't. It was really funny. I saw the meme that was like Trump was like whispering, and then it was the meme said, "Let's distract them, Release the tiger documentary."
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I I feel like there's a lot of things right now that are like put in place to distract us from a lot of stuff. And but whatever. I mean. But I, I agree with you that, like, I, I mean, I, I I, it got weird for me as soon as he ran for office, and then I was like, "What is happening?" And I was late. I was like, "Yeah, what the hell in well, this world?
1: it's and then like
0: the 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 shed burned down, but we were watching all the footage. So how? Yeah, are we watching was, the footage if so the shed burned footage. down.
1: So much footage because I guess he had that camera in there. Like they put loads of cameras everywhere, but there was so much footage, and also it didn't happen that many years ago. So I was just like, wow, like, that's crazy. There's so much footage.
0: It's nuts. Yeah. I, I really
1: have no idea.
0: Yeah. I'm just really glad it was never a reality TV show. I
1: know. <laughs> that was really funny. He's trying to make it, but he, that's, I guess that's why he had so much footage.
0: Well, he has coronavirus right now. <gasps> in in the jail.
1: In the jail though. Oh no. It's going to keep Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe so, and make a spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> so what is currently making you happy in the world? Um, so one of my followers made me and my coworkers cotton masks, like she sold them together. And Aww. cause I had like a YouTube video, but literally I had like the last mass and there was no more. And I was so emotional cause I also found that a lot of my friends and family got coronavirus as well. And like different weeks. So I was like so depressed, I made the video, I was crying, and I like contemplated should I post it or not, but then I was like, you know what, people need to know the truth and what's happening and how people are getting affected, and I'm like vulnerable and like ugly crying, but I was like, you know what, this needs to be out there so people can understand how this virus is affecting people, because this was like over four weeks ago. So yeah, Before it's just, like, like right when it started. Yeah, right when it started, people weren't taking it seriously, people didn't know to take it seriously, so it wasn't even their own fault, and I was like, people just need to know. So I put that video out, and then one of my followers made like, she reached out to me and she's like, How can I help? Like, I'm making masks. And I was like, That's so sweet of you. And then she ended up sending them over, and I had forgotten about it because it, it was like weeks. It took her a long time to make it. Uh, I know she was also very sad making it as well because she was just so sad about the situation. And I wasn't expecting the package. And when I opened it, I literally cried because I Aww. had been struggling being so depressed because I like would see patients like two days a week and then I work from home three days a week and I was seeing how it was affecting families and friends and patients and their families and loved ones and I was just getting like really depressed I literally felt like when I put on the news a death told you I blink and it's like a thousand people died and it was just like so hard to see and realize and when I got that package I just cried because I was just like yes, this is a sign that human decency and kindness is still out there, despite COVID-19 hitting us so hard, and all the drama, and the news media, and all the craziness going on, people are still kind, and I, like, gave it to, like, all my coworkers at the office, and they were so happy, and I was like, yay, this is amazing, people are kind still, so it gave me, like, a glimmer of hope, and I, like, hold on to that hope.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome. And, and I've been very like watching very closely, like you, your stories and stuff, because like, as much as I, I you know, like right now, like these essential workers on the front lines, you yourself included, like I'm, I'm always like, oh gosh, I hope my friends are okay. Cause I, I, my, anyone in the healthcare community. Um, and I think that's amazing that someone like reached out, but that was a very like vulnerable video. I'll, I'll probably actually link it uh, in the description so people can watch it.
1: But- yeah, curious to see me ugly cry. Oh. And then after I posted it, I was like, I regret it. Why did I put it out there? I ugly cry. People are going to hate me. People are going to not like the ugly cry. But then I was like, you know what? People just need to know. And that's way more important that people know what's going on than me looking for you on camera.
0: Right, right. So we're coming towards the end. Um, I always like to give my guests the platform. Um, is there anything that you would like to promote?
1: I just wanna promote and have everyone take the time to take control of your health. And no matter what situation you're in, if you're laid off, if you're working from home, this is the time you have, because I always say health is your ultimate wealth. You can literally have all the money in the world, but if you're sick, you can't spend a dime of it. Like I, there was a year when my mom got really sick, and she's always so funny cause she's like, she says that she's like money obsessed, <laughs> no judgment. But she said that if someone put a million dollars in front of her while she was sick, she wouldn't even be able to grab it cause she felt so sick at the time. And I felt so bad for her, but it does put into perspective that your health is your ultimate wealth. It's something you cannot buy. It's something you have to build. And especially now with COVID-19, we're wearing masks outside to limit our exposure. But in the event that you do get exposed your body better be prepared to take down that virus because no mask toilet paper nail clippers apparently are now being sold out none of those things protect you from coronavirus if you're exposed your health does your immune system is like your ultimate warrior and the current healthcare system is so segmented you literally see a provider for 10-15 minutes if they are even open at this time or if they're doing telemedicine that's great but you see them for 10, 15 minutes, they diagnose you with something, then you're out the door or you know, back at home on your couch, you're left on your own to fend for yourself, and then they tell you to heal. They might give you some paperwork or PDFs, like email to you with instructions, and then they tell you to come back for like a follow-up in like 3, 6, 12 months, or if you're like acutely say, they say, like come back in a week or something, but during that time, like a week to yourself, three months six months 12 months that's a long time that you're left with like no support except for a few pieces of paper of instructions to do like some people will have like knee pain or inflammation for their arthritis and then they give you a paper of exercises and it's like well how like how many times do I do it how do I do it how do I know it's working you know how do you get motivated to do it and this always frustrated me because I would see so many people come in and they would say that they failed to lose weight. They failed to manage their diabetes and now they're on like two different medications or other symptoms would come back. And it wasn't their fault. It was the healthcare system's fault because you literally get instructions saying like, hey, eat low carbs. And because, you know, your sugar is a little high, so come back in like a month and we'll recheck it. But they're giving these like generic instructions to people with backgrounds who eat a lot of carbs, such as like, Asian culture, Italian culture, Hispanic cultures who love carbs like rice, noodle, pasta, beans, like, it's not about like restricting, because that's just a plan for failure, simply telling someone like, oh, eat low carbs, or eat no carbs. It's about how we can maneuver and adapt carbs instead of strictly saying no. Because when you're saying no, you're like literally hurting your brain, you're making yourself depressed, you're hurting your mental health. And food makes us happy. And it's literally killing our endorphins in there. So we need to find a way to like manage it with food, with our health. And I just urge people to like take the power back. Like don't simply go to your provider or your doctor, get a pill and then say, okay, let me go home with it. Because a lot of medications you could come off on just because you get prescribed something doesn't mean you have to take it forever. I lowered lower their dosages because it also hurts other parts of your body. Every medication has a side effect. And this is what I do every day at my practice. I empower people to take control of their health and heal I, their advocate. And I find out what their picture of their ultimate health and happiness is. And we work towards that together day by day, week by week. There's no confusion. We set clear goals and we do everything together so no one's left in the dark with their health.
0: Yeah, that's great. So if someone was coming to you, so like, let's, let's just kind of put the hypothetical situation. If someone's coming to you kind of, what's the, what's the approach? What are they coming to you for? Um, and, and what's kind of like, walk me through the process.
1: So I specialize in diabetes, gut health, and PCOS. So again, a lot of diabetes patients who they either are newly diagnosed, which is great because they're not put on anything yet. And they're literally told like, Hey, you have diabetes. Um, you need to lose weight. You need to eat healthy, and you need to exercise. And you need to come back in a month. And if in a month your blood sugar is not managed or not lower, then we need to put you on a medication. And mo- a lot of people will be like, "Okay, let me go home. Let me like Google something like that, and then you know go back in a month and not know where to start, and then get put on a pill." And now a lot of people are coming to me. They're like, "Hey, I've been diagnosed with diabetes." and i need to get it together or they're going to put me on the pill what can i do and i work towards them i take everything into account not just the diabetes did they have a history of diabetes in their family like what is their cultural diet what is their exercise that they're comfortable with i'm not just going to tell someone like hey generically walk 30 minutes a day and you'll be fine it's like do they like walking 30 minutes a day do they have like pain do they have arthritis What shoes are they wearing? What are their bowel movements like? I look at the whole picture of why they have diabetes in the first place, because a lot of these chronic diseases are actually caused by inflammation. And when we can fix the inflammation, we can find the root cause of it and actually heal them from within, instead of having them go down the diabetes path in Western medicine. So I try to bridge the gap between Western medicine and traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine together so that they can do both things. It's like little things that they can do every day in their diet, their nutrition, their exercise, herbal supplements, and, you know, acupuncture, chiropractor, everything together and how they can get and heal and manage.
0: Okay, great. Um, And then for anyone that's listening that would like to set up a consultation with you or uh, talk to you kind of what's that
1: process? Um, they can go on olive-wellness.com and they can just schedule a consultation right there.
0: Okay. And then uh, if they mention, uh, right now you're doing a promotion, right? So
1: yes. for anyone that mentions the podcast, please don't kick me out in the comments. I'm giving a free 30 minute session with your consultation.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I will, all of the links will be in the description for everyone to follow along, to schedule Time with you, please mention, please don't kick me out in the comments section so you can get that free thirty minute uh talk with her um, and um yeah, definitely if you've got leaky gut problems or you have p c o s which is very common among women uh, more common than you would think, or you know even if you want to talk about nutrition she's she's you know a wealth of information, so I definitely encourage uh, my listeners if they're interested to get in touch um, but we've come to the
1: end. do you have any parting words? I just want to say to everyone, stay safe out there and be well. That
0: is awesome. And I agree. And I'm going to echo that sentiment. But thank you so much, Poe, for taking the time to talk to me today on Please Don't Kick Me Out.
1: I hope you have a great day. Me too. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Bye. Bye.